All right, so for this week, I I know I say this every week, but I'm excited. I can't help it. I'm sorry. It's okay to because, be excited about the Word of God. Okay, good. Excellent. I'm so glad. Thank you for the permission, Jeff. I appreciate it. So this week, we're as we're continuing in Made New, we're talking about the church in general. Yeah. But specifically this week, we're talking about the life in the church. Like, what's life like in the church? And I, I love this idea because... Um, we can have all kinds of different pictures of what life is actually mm-hmm. like, um, how, how life in the church begins, what it works out on a day in day out basis. And we can have, uh, you know, different caricatures even in our minds that other people have painted or maybe even in our past experiences, sure. but looking into the word of God and figuring out, you know, what is this life in the church about? And as, as we were talking about this, one of the things that came to mind was this, this idea of, uh, in the Westminster catechism. So this, uh, this, massive document that's been used in, in throughout hundreds of years it, one of the things it has in it is what is the chief end of man mm-hmm. and the answer to that is to uh glorify god and enjoy yeah. him forever and it's like wow that's that's a great summation of the purpose of my life is to yeah. glorify god and enjoy him that's awesome but what about the church like yeah. what does that life look like and what does the life of god look like for us as a church body yeah. What are we unified around? Obviously the glory of God, but how does that work? What does that look like? And so sure. maybe we could start there. I think what you said is great because, yes, the chief end of our life is to to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The church is sort of the practical outworking of all okay. of that. Okay. So it's like getting into the nuts and bolts of, well, how do we glorify God? And, and okay. how do we get to enjoy him forever in the context of a local church body? And so to start off, I think it has to begin with the church body exists with a unified purpose. Okay. Now, lots of organizations exist behind a unified purpose, but the church is special in that this unified purpose has been defined for thousands of years. Hmm. And it doesn't change with the ages. Wow. So when we're talking about, I, 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 think, about, I think about Jesus' ascension hmm. and because you know that's that's the ushering in of the church, right? That's, yeah. that's planning of the first church, if you will. Jesus Jesus is ascending, and then he gives this great commission, mm-hmm. and it's like this this purpose. Yeah. And, and and the promise to Abraham in the Old Testament was, I'm going to cover uh, the glory of the Lord will cover the the earth as the waters cover the seas. Yes. It's like mm-hmm. how does that work? But then you pair that with this idea of a great commission that is to make disciples. Mm. And you begin to see how that works out yeah. and begin to see that the mission of the church is just a continuation of Jesus's mission. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know, that, that, that was very interesting. Uh, and again, this is, these are notes you have or you've, you've talked about. So yeah. maybe you can pull on that thread a bit further. Yeah, so the idea that we are unified by, a, a, I wouldn't say a singular purpose, but if, yeah, the, the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Sure. And how that, that mission, a mission statement, if you will, <laughs> to borrow a common term, uh, it doesn't change from, from day to day. It, mm-hmm. The mandate is still the same. When Jesus said those words, he, he didn't decide, you know what, I think I need to revamp this mission statement in a couple thousand years, mm. you know, make it a little bit more culturally rele- relevant for, for this day and age. I mean, it's it's 2020, a lot's happened since my ascension. <laughs> um, you know, disciples, is that that's not a common, that's not amongst our common vernacular anymore, is it? Like, uh, let's update it. No, no. 
course not. Like, right. That that idea of making disciples, we're going to be doing that until he comes back. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. And and I think um, as 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 I kind of reflect on it, I, I was talking with someone the other day, and they were, uh, you know, the, the the world's a challenging place to live in right sure. now. The truth is, it's always a challenging place, but some seasons more than others in in our lives. And I was talking with them, and. Uh, just as a way to encourage him, I, I began to talk about, you, we realize there's more people today, mm. right now, coming to Christ yeah. every day mm. right now than, ha- than, than preceding generations by hundreds of years. Mm. It's like the sum total of people being ushered into heaven yeah. in our day and age is awesome. Now, the flip side of that, obviously, is because of population, the sum total of people eternally um, separated in hell mm. because of their lack of faith in Jesus it, it is also like it's never been. Yeah. Um, but all that does for me is, is, is put me in a place of, Lord, I want to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, what does that mean for me? That means I'm part of a local church yeah. that makes disciples. Yes. That's what we do. And, and as, as we began to talk about this more, I've been reflecting on what that, that idea of disciples, like you can think about it, as you mentioned a moment ago, it's kind of an old term. Well, uh, another way of describing it is it's a transformed life. Yes. Every person who met Jesus, mm. whether on a road somewhere or whether today, right now, meeting him in, in, by faith, either way, by faith, when they meet him, their lives are transformed. And they yeah. begin this walk of being made new that we always talk mm. about. This idea that I, I was dead in my transgressions and yes. sins, but now I'm alive in mm. Christ. I have been transformed. And keeping that as the focus and keeping that as the mission is to, and keeping that as the context of really this is about transforming lives yeah. to the glory of God for their good yes. um, is, is really a way to keep... Uh, keep, I'll say it this way, it's a way for me to keep passion, if mm-hmm. you will, because life can get dull sometimes. Sure. It can. Life can just get hard sometimes. But when you keep the mission of Jesus yeah. and the church in the foremost of your mind and you realize the stakes we're playing for are eternal, uh, not only does it put the fear of God in my heart, to be honest, yeah. but it also gives me great hope. Absolutely. Of what he can do in our day. So I love what you said there too, because we have to keep our eyes on the mission. Mm. We absolutely have to. The stakes are higher than ever. Because yes, as the world population grows, more people are coming to Christ than ever before in point in history. But to your point, more people are slipping into hell each day than sure. ever before in history. And that should grieve us as a church. That should grieve us as the body of Christ. Bible says that he desires for all men to be saved. That's right. And so we have to keep our eyes focused on the mission, which is why we can't get distracted with other goals or intentions. We have to focus and come back to what does the word of God say our mandate is as the church body. Mm -hmm. It's going and making disciples of all nations so that the glory of God will inhabit his people and shine throughout the earth. There was a man who once said, our, our purpose in life as Christians should be that of an angled mirror. Mm. Uh, if you can picture it, if you will, even in this podcast, an angled mirror, the light of the glory of God comes down and shines upon your life. And that 
glory, that light, is then reflected outward into the earth. The focus is never on you as a, as a person or your accomplishments. It's about displaying the glory of God everywhere you go in daily life. So what I love about that is, and, and as we're talking a moment ago about transformed life, I don't know about you, um, but for me, when I met Jesus, I didn't automatically become this perfect mirror, <laughs> and this perfect angled mirror. It just didn't work that way. That's not the way it happened for me. Yeah. And in fact, I'm still a dull reflection. But what maybe we could talk about, because we're talking about what life is like in the church in the nuts and bolts. Yeah. What about, like, how do you get that shine on that mirror to get a little bit better? How do you grow? What does that look like, Jeff? Sure. It should encourage everybody that none of us come, in, come to the Lord and have a perfectly polished and reflective sure. image when uh, when we when we give our lives over to the Lord. And so you're right. This is kind of also a talk about really the nuts and bolts and the the really the practical working out of life in the church. If I could sum it up in one or two words, growth and maturity. Mm. If you read, you know, the New Testament, what what is Paul and Peter and the other writers? What are they constantly addressing in most of their letters? It's relationships. Sure. They're addressing relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children, how we treat one another, how we deal with offense. Mm-hmm. And those issues that they're bringing up should challenge us because oftentimes we come to the Lord and you're right, Danny, we're not, we're not perfect. We won't be perfect until we go to be with him, right. <laughs> we go to be with the Lord. But that growth and maturity of, of the word of, and the word of God coming to us should challenge our, our relationships, not in a bad way, but in a way that causes us to, to look at how we treat one another and say, is that how how Christ treats us? Is that how he treats us? And if the answer is no, then we need to re-examine ourselves through the word of God and say, well, where does this need to change? And how, how can I grow in this? Uh, furthermore, in the book of Colossians, chapter one, Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Oh, yes. And he, he prays that we would continually grow in the knowledge of God and that we are We've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. And so when that transferring happens, it's not just a transferring, but a transforming. Mm. You can't live under the kingdom of darkness and under its principles and its practices only to be transformed into the kingdom of light and of the, the son of God and still live as if you are in the kingdom of darkness. Otherwise, that transformation hasn't really happened. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So, so as you're describing growth and maturity, what what I'm hearing here is, and what I'm reminded of, is this this idea of of, of working out your salvation. Yes. And the the idea that the church, practically speaking, is designed by God to help us work out that transformation. That transformation ch- yes. may have changed my eternal destination, mm-hmm. but it it didn't transform everything there's sanctification that's still going on and the rub of iron sharpening Mm -hmm. iron if you will of of two lives rubbing together exposes where i'm not like jesus yes and i think i think in some ways i maybe you can make comment more on this if you're in isolation Mm. and there's no opportunity for your life to rub up against somebody meaning there's no opportunity for you to face challenges with another person right then are you really going to grow mm. 
because those things, because it's the design of God that somehow these relationships we have expose things in us that are part of our growth. Yeah. And something needs to die. That attitude, maybe it needs to die. I don't know. Maybe, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I love the verse that you brought up, the iron sharpens iron, which is out of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a, a dull knife, but nothing to sharpen it with, that knife, well, is never going to get sharp. <laughs> it's never going to improve. It's never going to change. It's still going to be that dull knife year after year. But when you do find that that sharpening stone and it begins to sharpen that knife out, you know, at a almost microscopic level, it's a it's a rough process. Yeah. And it's, you know, sparks fly sometimes when that happens. But after a while that that knife becomes useful in in the chef's hands because it's sharp again and it can cut. It can do what it was intended to do. We can talk about that in another day. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe we will. But let, let me do, let me do this in these last couple of minutes we've got together because we can talk about the theory of it sure. a lot, and I, which I think is important, and, and various metaphors and things like that. I'll just take it down practically to my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with with a friend of mine one time, and we were serving someone. Uh, you know, we love them, care about them, but our attitudes mm. were just. They were bad. Now, we didn't show it because we're men of God, so we don't show that we didn't like what we were doing. Uh, for those of you who may not detect it, that's sarcasm right there. Uh, but but one of the, at one point, he just looked at me and he said, well, this is going to burn. And what he meant by that was, <laughs> this is... This is not being done in faith, Danny. Like, yeah. like he was acknowledging with me that we weren't operating in faith. We were, it was just a good work, and that's <laughs> all it was. And it was helping our friend, but we had such a bad attitude. There was nothing eternally redemptive about it. And yeah. there was no eternal reward waiting for it. <laughs> and I was so, uh, it just struck me as in that moment, because I'm like, wow, I'm wasting my time because of my attitude. And it gave me the opportunity to change my heart. Mm to change my attitude. But that's how practical this is. Yes. It's just, I had to have other, otherwise I probably would have just stayed in my bad attitude Mm. as opposed to my friend coming and saying, yeah, we both have bad attitudes and this isn't internally (laughs) beneficial to either of us. Is it like, no, it's not. So we can either continue to have this bad attitude or we can repent, draw near to God and go serve our friend. I'm like, Oh wow. So it, 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 when we're talking nuts and bolts, it's stuff like that. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Yeah. You learn a lot by helping people move. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You you work. I I used to have a conversation with someone and this is why, again, uh, you used to have the saying where I said, if you really want to get to know somebody, worship with them and work with them. Oh yeah. (laughs) Because they will expose, um, in the presence of God or the presence of pressure, it it exposes what's really there. Yeah. And then you get a chance to really get to know each other and really begin to really connect authentically to one another in the midst of it. Um, and God helps us in the midst of it. So mm. I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I would say this after everything we've talked about life in the church, I know of no other group or I dare I say the word organization in the mm. world like the church. There are many that are organized around a unified purpose, but I don't know of any other group that can bring people together with a unified purpose and work out the worst parts of them (laughs) in in such intimacy also Mm. and and such a a deep level of shared life. And I I think even that is to the glory of God 
that Absolutely. that even his people in their worst moments will still come together and choose to love him and love each other. Wow. And I would like to close with kind of this last point. You know, we're in a day and age right now where we're not all able to gather in a building. Sure. And this is going to be a common theme for a while, unfortunately. But the idea of life in the church shouldn't just be limited to life in a building. Hmm. So when we talk about life in the church, we're really talking about daily life. And I'd like to share a verse with you out of uh, Philippians chapter 2. This is in verse 12, writing to the Philippian church. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, There's something very key there. He's saying, hey, just because I'm not there doesn't mean the work of sanctification and the work of salvation suddenly stops. Hmm. It's going to keep going, and it's a day-by-day thing. It's also very personal. So as as you and I and as the rest of the church, as we gather in homes and maybe in in groups of five or ten or small groups, keep in mind, just because we don't all meet in one building on a Sunday morning doesn't mean that life is no longer happening in the church. Life happens in the people of the church, not the church building. And so I would encourage all of you, continue to work out your salvation daily, daily with fear and trembling. And just because we're not all here doesn't mean that that suddenly stops. So good. Would it be okay if I just prayed to close this out? Is that all right? Please do. Father, we are grateful for the life that you've given us in your church Lord, we're grateful for buildings, we're grateful for gatherings, but Lord, we're grateful for your church. We're grateful that you've given us each other and you've given, <laughs> you've given Jeff to me and me to Jeff and, and our families together to walk out faith, to walk out this life and to walk out our salvation. Lord, and we, with great reverence, we come before you and we just say, Lord, sow us deeper in to your church sow us deeper into your mission, sow us deeper into into your family so that we can become, uh, so that transformation can continue and we can be made new and we can grow and have maturity in the practical everyday life that we're living. Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you. Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. Amen.